How can we, as creative educators and entrepreneurs, find our authentic voice, get real in a world where real is hard to come by, and share our vision all while making some serious money and keeping it all balanced? Hey, hey, it's Alyssa with the Teacher Hustle Podcast. If you're new here, welcome. Thanks for taking a chance on me. I'm a fifth grade teacher, toddler mom, and serial entrepreneur. I'm answering all your burning questions and bringing you simple business tips, mindset shifts, and inspiration to help you turn your passion into an income that makes an impact without being overly complicated. You know that one thing you can't stop talking about? We are going to share it with the world. So grab a cup of coffee and let's bring your wildest ideas to life. Hey, before we jump into the episode, I have to tell you some exciting news. I have been completely revamping the content inside Teacher Hustle University to teach you all specifically about something I call profit funnels. This, I believe, no matter whether you have a TPT store, a physical product, a knowledge product like a course or membership or a service-based business, setting up a profit funnel in your business will allow you to put your business on autopilot and do the things that you wanted to do when you set out to create this business. Things like having the time and the freedom to go on a family vacation, to put your work down for a bit. Basically, your marketing will be on autopilot. I'm going to teach you how to set up this profit funnel for your business in five easy, simple steps that we're doing together in the five-day profit funnel challenge. It is totally free and it's happening really soon. It's going to start on March 31st. You do need to register to get all the details to get this set up. And if you feel like now is the time that you want to start building out the back end of the marketing in your business so that it runs on autopilot and you can kind of enjoy your summer, let's build it now and enjoy our summer to relax and let our business keep running, you are going to want to go over and register at alyssamcdonald.com slash challenge to get in on that challenge starting March 31st. I can't wait to build your profit funnels with you, and I will see you inside the challenge. Boundaries. We know we need to be setting them around our teaching, around our business, and really just in general, we need to set boundaries. Building up a boundary is like fencing in your yard. Before you put up your fence, things feel nice, actually. They feel free and casual. You can go wherever you want. You think, why do people bother building fences? This really isn't that bad. This is nice. This is fun. This is great. You don't even need a fence. But as life gets busy, your season of life changes, the more out of control the yard gets. You're trying to do things around the yard. You're trying to rake the leaves and you notice all of a sudden the dog is running into the next door neighbor's yard. You start to clean out the garden and suddenly the kids are in the front yard getting into something in the garage. You didn't even notice. You start to run after the kids and you realize there's that strange neighbor and they're over in your yard coming over to talk again. So you decide, okay, I've had enough. I can't really be free without a friend, without a fence. It's time to build a fence. 
A fence will give you just enough safety to have control over what's happening in the yard so you can focus on the things you need to tend to. And the really cool part is that with a strong fence, you can make your yard pretty amazing. You can decorate it how you want, set it up the way you want. It's all yours. From time to time, pieces of the fence may break totally off. They may wear down. You may have to build sections up again. But that process of building the fence just gets easier with time. We have to go through this same process when it comes to our business. I think that we all wish we would have started setting boundaries on day one of running our business, but often it doesn't go that way. Often we start out and we're like, this is great. I can work all the time. This is wonderful. It's so much fun. And then we eventually have to set boundaries because we realize we simply can't keep pushing on without offense. So whether you are brand new and you're like, I'm going to start this off on the right foot, or you're listening to this episode because you've been building your business and now you know that in order to keep going, it's time to build up a fence. Either one, I've got you. We're going to talk about the five most important boundaries to set in your business, especially if your business is something you're working on on the side of teaching or the side of parenting or the side of anything really, because you are on limited time. And so you need even more boundaries in place to help you manage that. I also polled my Instagram audience to find out their top tips for setting boundaries around teaching, and I got some really amazing feedback. So I will share their advice too. And I want to tell you about the game-changing boundary that helped me leave school at the end of the day, which ultimately gave me more time with my family and more time to spend working in my business. Let's start with figuring out what is your main goal or your North Star, as some people say. Why did you start your business? Was it for the financial freedom? Was it to be more present for your family? Was it to impact students? Whatever your goal is, we need to make sure that that North Star drives every decision we make. And setting boundaries is going to help really just Put that fence around you so that you can stay on track to reach your goal. The first boundary we're going to talk about is setting your work hours. Now, you could have chosen any job for a side hustle. You could have gone and gotten a job at Old Navy, which would have been great because you would have gotten a discount on all your outfits. But you didn't choose Old Navy. You chose an online business. Now, the pro of starting an online business is that you get to create the income you want. You get to build whatever business you want to build to sustain whatever goals you can dream up. But the con, I'm sure you already know, is that it takes drive, determination, learning, and work. And I'll be the first to admit, the work is fun. Some might even say this is a creative outlet. I fully enjoyed writing this podcast episode and I'm enjoying recording it. The worst part about that, though, is that when the work feels fun, it starts to spill over into other areas of our lives, and we may not even really notice it. So when I first started building my program, Teacher Hustle University, I was getting almost no sleep at all. It was like when you first start dating somebody and you're like staying up all night to talk to them because you just think they're so amazing. 
that's how it was. I was staying up all night because I was just so excited to work on this project. I wanted to get my membership off the ground. I literally couldn't sleep because I couldn't stop thinking about it. I would start work as soon as I put the kids to bed. I honestly couldn't wait to put them to bed because I wanted to get to work. And then I would stay up till 3 a.m. because I couldn't stop working. And I would get up at 6 a.m. to teach the next day. And I loved it. It Honestly, working on my business was my favorite part of the day. But I had no fence up. And I didn't build the fence for a long time. So I started to get overwhelmed. I started to get burned out. I'm sure I was cranky. I'm sure my family was well aware that I was low on sleep. I'm sure my students were well aware that I was low on sleep. I needed to do some serious work around sticking to hours in my business the same way I would stick to my hours if I worked at Old Navy. I wouldn't stay at Old Navy all night after they closed to just work in the way. I would leave at the end of my shift. We need to do the same thing. So the first important boundary to set in your business is your working hours and your non-working hours. My guess is you got into this business so you could be more present for the people that you love, not less. I want you to think about your ideal dream schedule. Mine would be just a couple nights a week from 7.30 to 9.30 at night. Whatever your ideal schedule is, maybe you're a morning person, an evening person, maybe you're going to be working during nap times, write that schedule down. And then you can actually pop those hours right into your Google calendar. So it says like, these are my business hours or write them down in your planner, but somewhere you need to write it down just as if it was your old Navy's like scheduled hours. Your boss just handed you your schedule and this is what it looks like. You have to do that for yourself. You have to build that fence so you'll be more likely to stick to those hours. The second boundary kind of has to do with this first one. It's almost a part two. And this is setting up routines and rituals around that work time so that you'll stick to it. Because of course, you've got to stick to it. If you don't stick to it, it means nothing. Somebody wrote that in the Instagram comments. Like it doesn't really matter what the boundaries are, just that you stick to them. If you wrote down you're working from 7.30 to 9.30, you have to stop at 9.30 or or you didn't really build a fence. So setting this, setting up routines and rituals around those hours have act, has actually helped me to stick to those hours. And the way I do that is with a clock in and a clock out routine. I want you to make a list of three or four things that you'll do to signal to yourself that, hey, my work session has started or, hey, my work session is ending. Just like you would clock your time card at Old Navy, clock in, clock out. You need these bookends to set boundaries around the work in your online business. And again, write them down, put them on a sticky note, stick them right to your computer so you will remember to go through these routines and rituals until they become habits. When I clock in at 7.30, the first thing I like to do as part of my routine is clear my desk and grab myself water or tea or whatever I'm going to drink during that work session. I also shut my office door, and that's to signal to anyone who sneaks out of bed that my evening work session has started and I do not want to be interrupted. It doesn't always work. The lock on my door doesn't work, but I tried. Doing these little rituals around sort of my space and uh, what my desk looks like, that's just kind of helps me settle in to my work time and my frame of mind. So I also like to run the oil diffuser and put my music on. This is my time. 
And then I check in with my planner. I have a 90-day planner. I'll link to it in the show notes. It's called the Full Focus Planner. And so I start out my work time by jotting down the tasks I plan to work on during that work session. And then I set a timer for my work session. I set an alarm to go off at 9.30 so that I'll know exactly when my work session is over. Then a little before 9.30, my alarm goes off and I begin my clock out routine. I start by clearing another hotspot. I like to clear hotspots at the start and end of my work sessions. This time though, I don't clear off my desk. I clear my email inbox. I like to spend about 15 minutes toward the end of the work session, clearing my inbox, clearing my DMs, straightening out my desk again. And then I go back to the planner and I roll over any tasks that didn't get finished during that work session. I can't leave tasks sitting there on my to-do list. I like to roll them over to the next day. It really honestly doesn't matter what your clock in and clock out routine is, just that you have one so that you have some sort of bookend on that start and end time, that clock in, clock out. Having the rituals allows us to stick to the boundary of set working hours. Now, at Team THU, we also set something up else up with my schedule that I want to talk about here as we're talking about working hours. I realized that even though I have working hours, I wasn't getting a whole lot done during those hours because some of the time would be spent doing things like podcast episodes where I had to record with somebody else. Um, but then I would have like a meeting or a coaching call on another, uh, like a half an hour later. I just wasn't getting things done because of I was sort of mixing up different types of tasks, uh, outward facing tasks and tasks that required me to just kind of sit behind my computer and plug away. So we started implementing this thing that we are lovingly calling any weeks and outie weeks. And I want to share this with you because it's been really life-changing for me. Some weeks are any weeks and some weeks are outie weeks. The outie weeks is when Nicole, who's my executive assistant, schedules all my coaching calls, meetings, podcast interviews, anything where I would need to be basically showered and ready to go. And then everything else is done during an, and planned during an any week. And that would be things that don't require me to be dressed and showered, like writing content or recording a solo podcast or planning for upcoming events. I share that with you because it's been a total game changer to separate those two types of tasks in my schedule so that I can get more done. And now that I'm working at home and I am not teaching this year because I'm on maternity leave, I still have limited time to work. My nap times are getting, baby's nap times are fewer and yeah, they're just fewer. There's there's only one really, and it's not very long. So <laughs> I really have to have these any weeks and outie weeks for my own sanity to be able to start a project and really actually get it done within the week. The third boundary that is really important to set in your business is to limit your time on social media. And you probably knew this one was coming. You've heard it before. I want to give you some real strategies to help you actually implement this boundary. We all know we should be doing it. We all know we should be spending less time on social. Um, it's kind of like knowing that we shouldn't eat cupcakes. We still do it, right? We have all experienced sitting down to work, innocently opening up Instagram, and then all of a sudden we are mindlessly scrolling for much longer than we would even like to admit. Because we said we wanted to stick to working hours, 
we can't be doing that during working hours because those working hours would go really quick if we spent time on social during that time. And we said that the goal of our business was whatever our North Star was, to have more freedom, to be more available, to be more present. So we're, we probably also don't want to be staring at our phones when we're not working. We don't want to be staring at them when we're working and we don't want to be staring at them when we're not working. So how do we do this? It's hard enough to put down our phone when social media is just like something we look at for fun. It's even harder when social media is a tool we use to grow our business because it's really easy for us to say, oh, I'm working on my business. And then suddenly you're consumed by social and it's getting in the way of your North Star. I had this realization, and I talked about this in another podcast episode. I had this moment where I realized I was spending too much time on my phone, and I was not spending nearly enough time living into the vision I had for myself as a mom. I wanted to be present with my kids, yet here I am using the excuse that social media is helping me build my business, to, and I'm scrolling my phone. So I heard another business owner talk about how they had a second phone specifically for business apps. So they had a business phone and a personal phone, a work phone and a home phone, just like you would, you know, in another job. And I like that idea, but I cannot keep track of two phones. And I feel like that would maybe make the situation worse for me. Uh, So I thought about how could I mimic that same strategy and that same concept, but on my one phone? Here's what I did. And here's what worked for me. I moved every single business app over to the very last screen on my phone. So to get to my business screen, I have to scroll and I like purposefully put some screens in between. And then I put every single business app into different folders and I grouped them by how often I wanted to check them. So the social media folder is actually called three times a day, 15 minutes. And I just open that folder three times a day, 15 minutes, and that's all I can spend in that folder. The only one that doesn't have a time limit on it is my folder for communication with my team. I check that one more often, but having it on that different screen along with my business apps really does help me make a conscious decision about the time I'm spending there. And then on the personal side of my phone, I went into my notifications and I turned off all notifications for anything that was not absolutely urgent, which is most things actually, almost everything except messages. First of all, I had no idea until I went into my notifications how many ridiculous apps, first of all, that I have downloaded on my phone. Second of all, that were notifying me. Like I do not need a sound notification when my pizza delivery app has like a new $5 off coupon for pizza. And the little red notification bubble at the top of these apps, I didn't realize how much that was affecting me. Once I took the notifications off the apps, it was like I could breathe. I I didn't have any red bubbles to worry about clearing out. It seems so stupid, but it was true. I also went into my settings and set time limits for certain apps. So like Instagram is limited to a certain amount of time a day. And when you hit your limit, it pops up with a little a little screen that says you've hit your limit and you can hit like basically snooze like you would on your alarm if you're in the middle of something. But at least there is that signal again going off so you can make a conscious decision about whether you want to continue looking at that app or not. It's just like a little wake up call. 
Setting a boundary around your social media usage allows you to live in your vision right now, especially if being more present is part of that vision. So yes, social media will help us build our business, but you are not, I repeat, you are not missing anything crucial. Your business is not going to shut down. You are not missing crucial opportunities by turning this stuff off. I promise. The fourth boundary is to engage and consume with purpose. So still thinking about social media, the other important boundary to set has to do with what you are consuming on social. When you do get on social media apps and your purpose of doing that is to build your business, are you actually taking actions that are building your business? Are you using a purposeful engagement strategy or are you just scrolling mindlessly and engaging randomly? Are your actions actually moving your business forward? Are they helping you nurture your audience or make sales? If not, set a boundary around it. So write it down again. Write down your exact routine that you know that you've thought about and strategized that will help you build your business on social. And give some thought to the accounts you're engaging with. If you find yourself spending a lot of time looking at the accounts of other people in your niche, it is time to stop that. Do a gut check. Is this account that you're looking at moving you toward your business goals? Or are you looking at it because you're comparing? Is it making you feel like you should be doing more, you're not doing enough? Are you really staying in your lane, focused on your objectives and your purpose? Or are you going down a rabbit hole with your own mind trash? If if it's a mind trash thing, we got to set a boundary around it. Unfollow accounts that suck up your time and energy. You will not believe how freeing it is to stop looking at those accounts and just do your own thing. So much energy can be wasted going down those rabbit holes when you could be spending that time in a more meaningful, productive way. The same goes for learning. And you're going to be like, oh my gosh, Alyssa, but I'm listening to your podcast right now. Do I need to turn it off? A huge part of building this business is learning to do things we've never done before. And there's a lot to learn. And you all have that special teacher hustle where you want to learn it all. That's why you're here. Listening to this podcast is part of building your business through learning. But we need to put boundaries around our learning. If you've ever spent hours watching YouTube tutorials or listening to clubhouse rooms, this one's for you. Set a learning goal for the month or for the quarter. Pick one topic to focus on or one mentor to listen to for that time. It's impossible to learn everything all at once. We have to notice the point when learning is a healthy way to build our business or recharge our business or reset our business because that does happen. And when it has spilled over and become an obsession or you're doing it because of FOMO, there is no conversation, no podcast episode, no YouTube video, no course that holds the one right answer to your success. Similarly, you will not be more successful because you consumed every podcast episode, YouTube video, and course. You'll probably actually just be more confused. So set the boundary and focus. What's your learning goal for this month or this quarter? 
Focus on that and keep taking action steps towards your North Star. Don't get caught up in the learning. Boundary five, set business standards. So one of the first activities we do as teachers on the first day or first week of school is we set up our classroom expectations. Rules help us and our students stay focused on goals. We have rules in the classroom. We have rules at home. We need rules for our business too. You've probably created a set of rules for your business if you have a free Facebook group or if you belong to a free Facebook group, you've seen the rules there. You've seen rules like no self-promotion, no bullying or harassment, no asking for legal advice. This is set up because the person running the group really wanted to be proactive in setting up rules so that if these situations come up, there is already a hard and fast boundary in place. If somebody asks for legal advice in this group, the admin doesn't have to waste any time or energy wondering, should I allow for this? Should I not allow for it? There's already a rule. It's right there in black and white. It's been agreed upon. It just simply needs to be enforced with confidence and then they can move on. We need to do this same thing, set up rules, but for our business policies and procedures. And I think It's easier to do this exercise if you pretend as if you're writing these policies and procedures for a team. Even if you don't have a team in place yet, it's just an easier way to write them up as if you're telling them to someone else how our business handles this. So ask yourself questions like these, like, what does you, what do you do as a business if someone DMs you looking for advice about how to use a product? What do you do as a business? If somebody is unhappy or they leave a negative review about a product or experience, what's your response? Do you issue refunds? How quickly can you be expected to respond to a client or a customer by email? It's 24 hours, 48 hours, longer. What types of things are you committed to working on as a business? Are you wanting to create resources or programming that's more inclusive, more accessible? What are those those boundaries around learning and values in your business? What are your business values? How will you stick to them? How will you make them transparent? Think through all of these different situations as if you are writing a handbook for your business. And then add to the list as situations arise. Try to predict as many policies and procedures ahead of time as you can because the clearer, the more clear you are with your policies and procedures, even if it's just you reading them, the easier it's going to be to deal with when one of these situations comes up. You're going to be able to say, oh, refunds, page five of my handbook. <laughs> this is what I do for refunds. Oh, I'm making a new resource. I've already committed to making sure that my resource is inclusive. And here are the ways I'm going to do that. And here are the ways I'm going to go figure this out. By setting this stuff up ahead of time, we allow ourselves to stay within that boundary and really make things, again, build a fence around it so you have this structure for yourself. Now, before we go, I want to share some of the amazing advice I got on Instagram because some of it was really good about how to set boundaries around your teaching. Because we know that if we're able to get our work done during our contracted hours, that is key to being both more present at home, and also having time to work on other things we love doing, like creating in our business. 
So here's what my Instagram audience said about setting boundaries at school. They said, figure out your non-negotiables and everything else can go. Learn it's okay to say no. It's hard, but life is better when you're not doing all the things. Plan intentionally so you're not overwhelmed. Eat lunch with your peers if you want to, but use your prep time to work. Don't add your school email to your phone. Set an away message on any communication apps you use with parents. Set your childcare hours so you have to get there at a certain time, like 4.15, early, an early time. Write all of your boundaries down. Set boundaries that support how you want your day to look. Set a timer. Don't reply to emails on the weekend. You will not miss out by setting boundaries around your time and energy. And the last one, just leave at the end of the day. That's a good one. She says, don't make excuses as to why you can't leave. And that last piece of advice was the boundary that finally got me to leave school every day at four o'clock. I had this moment where I was like, I just need to leave at four. I was so sick of being the last car out of the parking lot every night. It would be dark and I would be the last one. I just, I don't know if I work more slowly than other people or what, if I just have trouble with boundaries, I don't know. But as soon as I started having kids and I realized I was missing out on time with them, I was like, I have to leave. And so I got an accountability buddy. My work wife, Kate, who I've talked about a lot in all of these podcast episodes, she worked right next door and she was also committed to leaving at four. So every day we would work in our rooms for an hour after school, like don't talk to us. Nobody could talk to us. We shut our doors. We worked. We split up the duties too. By the way, we're both fifth grade teachers. So that's another one that really helped us. I would do all the copies for ELA, even though we both, this was before we departmentalized, we we worked together to make copies. So I would do all the copies for ELA. She would do all the copies for math. And then we would swap. And we were just like, everybody knew, don't talk to Alyssa and Kate between three and four because they're trying to get out the door for four o'clock. We agreed we would stop everything we were doing at four. Even if we were right in the middle of something, we would just leave it there and we would force each other to pack up and walk out together. She's the reason I left every day at four. There were days, and if you used to watch my Instagram stories, you you know that Kate is very uh, blunt and to the point. So she would come right over marching in at four o'clock like, Alyssa, we're going. Pack it up. I'm walking out and you are too. <laughs> so find yourself an accountability buddy like that because she forced me to. And I would have found a reason to stay. I would have said, oh, I'm just going to finish one more thing. I'm just going to tidy this up. Oh, I'm just going to Uh, clean my desk. Nope. Go set your alarm, get an accountability buddy. There will always, always, always be more work at school, at home, in your business. But if this year has taught us anything at all, it's that we need to get a handle on these boundaries so we can spend our time where it's most meaningful to us. I'll see you in the next episode. Thanks for listening to the Teacher Hustle podcast. I love hearing from you. So if you loved this episode, please consider leaving a review. You can also join our Facebook group, Teacher Hustle Podcast, to chat about all things business, mindset, and marketing. I also love to chat in the Instagram DMs. So send me a DM or tag me in your post. My name is Teacher by Naptime over there. I'll see you in the next episode.